hi everyone welcome back to a11 crypto today we have an absolute rock star of a guest so do kuang the co-founder and ceo of terra um people you probably have seen terra shooting up the charts recently uh it's been a uh, phenomenal last few months since the uh since the launch of the project and uh today we're going to dig into this cool project so though i'll give you the floor and why don't you give us a little bit of background of how the journey started and uh what is terra yeah hi guys uh i'm doe i am a founder at terra money um so i got my start in um in sort of distributed networks when i was working at microsoft and then um i you know built a prototype uh for a peer to peer mesh network based on mobile phones So basically I was working on technologies that would allow um Android and iOS devices to connect to each other via Wi-Fi direct and Bluetooth such that you can gain internet access without uh, having to be directly within the vicinity of a Wi-Fi access point or LTE signal. So uh while running that business I came across uh you know cuz you know the standard search for distributed network uh turns up you know telco and Wi-Fi stuff but also turns up things like Bitcoin So uh that led me to get a growing affinity for the technology. And then I guess like my sort of drawing moment was um when like a friend of mine from college invited me to this Facebook group that had like I don't know like eight people or something. <laughs> and then they were all talking about, you know, different ICOs and Ethereum and Monero and different things like that. And then that sort of like discussion uh you know talking about projects and looking at um you know new technologies really wanted me to um go full time into crypto mm. so um uh, but what what was kind of interesting uh while looking at all those different technologies was that like you know from like a traditional startup perspective like you don't really evaluate uh investments on the virtue of how cool the technology is you do it based on uh, metrics and usership but there was very little that going on in crypto mm. Yeah. And then if you looked at like even the top protocols they basically had no users. Mm. So I started to think about like what types of properties uh should a cryptocurrency that can be widely used by millions of people uh would look like and that sort of led me down the journey to create Terra. Uh that's uh that's amazing. You know uh, I I mean so what when when was the uh, invite to the uh Facebook sent. That was like 2016, 17. Yeah, so I I it was I I would say in the um like end of summer beginning of fall 2016. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, like I I have to admit that the growing interest of part of was um was could be attributed to the portfolio doing so well. So that group actually turned out to be It started from like a Facebook group of eight people, and then it grew to like a fairly large Discord server of um, a lot of people that are like either engineering or VCs or uh, you know product management, uh, mainly from you know the Stanford network. Uh, and then so we yeah we we had a lot of fun looking at different stuff together. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that would just be, be before the uh, the ICO boom, right? Uh, 2017. Yes. Um, So so were you were you uh, based in the US back then or or were you in in Korea? No, so um you know I I went to college in the states uh 
I spent uh, some of my formative years in Canada, and then um, my first job was in Seattle. And then, um, actually, funny story. So, like, I came back to Korea uh, just to meet like a couple of companies, um, and then, you know, like during my first few days here, I, I met, uh, you know, the woman that would later become my wife. So I kind of never left after that. So all right, you purely came... by accident. Fantastic. Yeah. You came for the for the business, but you stay for the love. I came for the business. I stayed for the wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So yeah, you know, yeah. I I love your approach, right? Uh, thinking about users, right? I think even today, I mean, this cycle has been a lot better than the last, right? But even today, you you seeing a lot of product launch, but um, there is no user, just no market product fit, right? But people just mm -hmm. launching product mm -hmm. projects. But Terra right. is a bit different in this aspect, right? So one thing that drew me into the Terra. Um, ecosystem was your product, one of your product, um, you know, Chai app. So, so mm. why don't you give us uh, maybe a, a little rundown of what are the components of Terra ecosystem and how do they tie together? Yeah. Um, so, uh, b before I get into that, I think it might be worthwhile why people in crypto, uh, you know, why it seems like a lot of products in crypto don't actually get used. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, th and that's because that's that's just the way that incentives are designed, right? So, for example, a lot of uh, sort of DJs and traders in crypto, uh, you know, trade with you know tens of millions, mm. hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in capital. Yeah. So you could you could build a great product that makes their lives marginally easier, mm. or like gives them slightly better yield, mm -hmm. and then uh, you would get, you know, hundreds if not billions of dollars flowing through your protocol, and then you can capture a lot of value uh, from that. Right. So it's not really about usership, it's largely about capital. It's much harder to build the same type of value accrual mm -hmm. uh, from, let's say, millions of users that each uh, transact, let's say, $20, $30 uh, versus, you know, serving, you know, 100 DGENs, each of whom on average is rolling with $5 million, for instance. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I think that's that sort of, um, you know, uh, uneven wealth distribution is leading a lot of new projects to look inwards, which means how can we build things that's going to target the people with lots of capital mm. instead of looking outwards, which is how can we grow the pie of overall crypto by getting millions of new users to come into the ecosystem because the incentives uh, make it easier to do the former instead of the latter. And yeah. would you say the market is actually much bigger if you were to look outside, right? Um, more adoption. Oh, absolutely. Um, and maybe because, you know, like if you want to build things that last, then you can make an argument that the value of a protocol uh, is, is large only if you can sort of bet on its longevity, right? So for example, like the internet protocol would be very valuable if uh, you thought, you know, like the protocol would change every six months, right? Right, right, right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So if you look at, uh, you know, like the strength of the network, right? It comes from, uh, you know, the number of people or the number of nodes that are participating in it. And it just stands to reason that this network would become so much more valuable if you're able to bring lots of people in. Like traders don't stick around, they, they leave once um, the next good thing comes along. Right, right, right. Which is why, which is why you see protocols doing well for, for, for the first few months and then generally they taper off. Uh, right. And then drop away. Right. There's no, uh, like you said, affinity between the the capital 
at the project. Only right. reason they're there is to make the make make extra money, and if it doesn't work, they go somewhere else. Uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, like, you have this very uh, well-formed um, thesis on on value capturing. Um, did you did you did you did you have that when you started off? Like, how 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 did this form, right? Because this is very, um, you know, this, this goes goes I guess a little bit higher than just simply crypto, but like more philosophical, right? How how did you come up come around to this particular perspective and framework of how things work? Well, I I mean, it's it's. I mean, if you think about it, it's quite simple, right? Like in terms of, um, you know, building something, you need to do two things. Number one, you need to build something that's valuable to a lot of people. And number two, you need to build a system that captures that value, right? So there's a lot of protocols in DeFi, for instance, that are, you know, quite valuable, right? I would say, even if they look inwards, uh, I think some of these are quite innovative. But um, out, of, out of these projects, that provide value, not a lot of them manage to capture value uh, in the system. So, and therefore they fail to build uh, long-term communities. So if you look at Maker, for instance, I think the DAI stablecoin is great, but I think the problem is, is that for DAI, it's not possible to build a community around it, nor can you build a community around Tether. You can't build a community around Circle, right? Because these things definitely are valuable but there's nothing here that captures that value. So the reason why Terra is a little bit different is that, you know, for UST, UST is very valuable, but at the same time, like you capture value in the set of people that hold and stake the Luna token. Um, so, and that community makes the ecosystem stronger. It helps people build more applications to make uh, Terra UST uh, more valuable. And then uh, it's just, basically a reflexive loop, right? It's a positive feedback loop that makes the asset more valuable, which in turn captures more value to the community and then so on and so forth. I, I, I think, um, you know, it is, it is really, really, um, it's really interesting the way, the way that, you know, um, you went straight to uh, Maker and, 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 and uh, USTD. Um, I mean, so people who may not know this, but uh, the stablecoin uh, UST, uh, which is the dollar on Terra, right now is the second biggest uh, stablecoin um, just after DAI uh, in terms of um, purely uh, algorithmically sort of like uh, uh, formed uh, stablecoin. And and let's follow this, let's follow the thread, right? So, um, you know, for, for example, in, in, in MakerDAO, you, 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 first of all, you over collateralize your, your, your DAI by depositing your, your ETH, and then you have a uh, debt ceiling, you mint your DAI. Now in Nuna, in Terra, when you stake your um, Nuna uh, and you want to get UST, um, and you mentioned that uh, the more UST is used, the more value is accrued to the Nuna holder, right? So how does that work? Yeah, so um, Really, like how Luna values, uh, Luna captures value is pretty simple. So uh, in order to mint one Terra USD, you need to burn a dollar's worth of Luna, which means uh, that Luna captures value directly and linearly with the growth of the Terra economy. Uh, as Terra GDP grows, it's a simple application of the quantity theory of money. Luna becomes more scarce and uh, therefore unit price must increase. Okay. So basically the Luna holder benefits directly from the growth of the Terra economy, as simple as that. 
So it, it, the, the, the really a short way of summarizing is the more that UST is in demand, aka used, the more valuable the holder of uh, Nuna will, will, the more value they will get. Yes. Okay. And, and so like, I, in, I, I was reading this research piece on stablecoin and, you know, for, in order for system to work, uh, you need to do a few things, right? A, you need to bootstrap the system. Um, yeah. How did you do that? Uh, because, you know, this, this is, the, the more people use it, the, the more value there is. But before they use it, they need to believe this thing has value, right? So how, how did you bootstrap the system? And in terms of reflexivity, um, you know, the, the system has grown exponentially, right? From, I think, January this year, the, the UST just went from like zero to like a billion right now. Um, mm. What is the mechanism to dampen the downside reflexivity in, 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 in impossible, you know, downwards, downward uh, pressure cases? So, so the two questions, right? So how did you bootstrap the system? And what, what yeah. are the, some of the mechanisms to help the system stabilize in case things go south? Sure. So uh, I, I'm sure that a, a lot of people that are listening in uh, have noticed the rise of algorithmic stablecoins, um, you know, I think beginning of this year and um, or, or let's say late last year more like. Uh, so you saw projects like Basis Cash, uh, ESD, uh, DSD come out, mostly run by anonymous founders. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think what most of these projects didn't get right, uh, and then I think it also applies to some of the um, other stablecoins that are in existence is that they, they spent a lot of time like tinkering with the mechanism or like yield farming programs or like various different types of incentives. Mm -hmm. And while those things are important, you may need to make sure that you need to get this right. Uh, it's less important than making sure that your stablecoin actually gets adopted. So how do you bootstrap demand for the stablecoin? Because you could have the most perfect mechanism in the world, stabilization mechanism in the world, but if the stablecoin doesn't get used, then it's just not that valuable. The US dollar, for instance, is not valuable because the Federal Reserve has the, the smartest monetary policy. It's the most valuable because it is the most used and most demanding, right? right. So um, like our strategy to build a bootstrap demand for uh, the Terra stablecoins was quite simple. We felt like by leveraging certain um, sort of, you know, facilities that DeFi affords you, you can build better payments, right? So you can make stable coins easier to spend versus fiat. And then you can make these stable coins more attractive to hold, right? Um, so that that's largely like the types of things that we focus at the firm. So we have a number of payment companies that utilize Terra stable coins to the tune of you know, millions of users and billions of dollars in transaction volume per year. Uh, we have the newly launched Anchor Protocol, mm -hmm. which uh, is a better savings primitive on Terra stablecoins. So you can earn a higher yield, risk adjusted yield on Terra USD than you can on any other, uh, you know, um, DeFi protocol today. And then you make Terra stablecoins an easy gateway to be able to invest into various different asset classes in a total permissionless fashion. And this is what Mirror Protocol allows you to do by uh, allowing you know, synthetic assets that track the price of real world assets to be purchasable through Terra USD. Mm -hmm. um, let, let, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that a bit. I think, I think there's a right. lot of meat that's worth digging into. Um, I, I, you, know, you, you mentioned payment companies. So um, my understanding is currently that um, there are actual merchants 
uh, in Korea mm. that who right. are using uh, the Chai payment um, rail, I would say, uh, that uses your, the the crypto Korean won version uh, for their for their uh, transactions, right? So what are what are some of the benefits of that over their traditional, I guess, payment rail in Korea? Yeah, so um, to give a little, little bit of context, um, you know, just about two years ago, we created a payments app called Chai in Korea. And then the idea was that we would create uh, like a network of top merchants uh, across East and Southeast Asia uh, that would agree to accept and settle payments in uh, tariff stable coins. And to some extent, like, you know, the, the wallet has done really well over the last, you know, 20 months or so. So today uh, we're seeing about, uh, you know, uh, almost you know, 2.6, 2.7 million users uh, interact with, you know, the Chai payments. There's about 50 of the largest uh, e-commerce merchants uh, that transact using Chai. And then it's processing uh, transaction volume to the run rate of, you know, one and a half, $2 billion uh, per year. So the reason why uh, this payment gate, uh, this uh, e-wallet is valuable is because if you look at traditional payments, um, you know, most of the inefficiency comes in the settlement layer. Mm -hmm. So if you look at like Venmo or Square Cash, um, you know, the apps are already pretty sexy. Mm -hmm. But at the back end, it still uses the same legacy systems that allow people to extract rent, cancel transactions, file disputes, uh, and things like that, that accrue to the large cost of the payments as well as so settlement times. So for example, in Korea, the average settlement time uh, to settle, let's say a credit card transaction, it's seven days. Uh, in Japan, it's a little bit higher, you know, edging close to eight and a half, nine days. And in Southeast Asia, it can go up to two weeks. So um, this like absolutely doesn't make sense because, and it's, it's actually a huge pain point for a lot of different merchants because for example, if you're a cab driver, you can't wait multiple days in order for the, your payments to be settled to you. Mm -hmm because you need that money right away right. in order to uh, provide food for your family mm -hmm. and then uh, buy fuel for the next day arrives. And then, so for Chai, like it's able to expedite and skip lots of that because it settles natively in the tariff blockchain. So it can skip a lot of the middlemen that accrue costs along the settlement journey. Mm -hmm. So it charges a transaction fee of, let's say uh, 1.3, percent or so mm -hmm. uh, versus, you know, 2.7% or higher, which is the average transaction cost. Right. Um, and furthermore to that, like it settles every block. So you, so you can get your payment settled to you every six seconds versus having to wait, you know, let's say seven days. And, and do the, do the merchants, you know, in, 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 um, in, in the non crypto world, um, these, the money will eventually have to go into their bank account, right? So right. In, when they are using uh, the Chai app, obviously the, the, the payment settlement gets, um, I think gets there within a second, right? I, I, I've used uh, the, the Terra blockchain and it's, it's super quick. And so right. what, what is the on-ramp on or off-ramp, right? Between the app and their bank? Yeah, so uh, you can, so in terms of working capital, it's not so much that you literally need the money every six seconds, you just need it when you need it, right? So you can, you can let the stable coins accrue in your bank account for, uh, in, in your uh, wallet for some time. And then when you want to withdraw, there's like 
the, the admin portal has like a simple facility by which they can OTC out into Fiat. And the interesting dynamic is that demand for Terra has grown so large throughout some of our other DeFi applications, like Anchor, for instance, is gobbling up tons of uh, Terra. And then uh, like Mirror, for instance, is gobbling up lots of Terra. So they, Terra generally happens to trade at a premium. Mm. So like the funny dynamic is that as you are settling, like merchants are like often able to settle out at a premium. So that, that, is, that is a pretty interesting dynamic. Right, right, right. Um, so, so what you mean is that the 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 uh, crypto stablecoin they hold in the wallet is actually worth more than the the peg, right? That's what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a slight amount, but it's still an amusing observation. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's like yeah. I, I think people can check on um, the UST value, uh, and 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 mm. you know, for most of the time that I that that I look at it, it it's more than one dollar, right? It's one point zero one. And that right, that's right. premium, right? Okay, that's super interesting, right? right? right. So, so, so I love I love the different um, different legs of the tripod, right? You 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 are using to 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 build the system. So you have the um, Chai app that is integrated into merchants payment system, uh, and this is happens in the real world, right? And you have about two billion USD worth of annual gross, uh, what do you call it, revenue or money going through that system. Now, right. in terms of you know, what we, you know, you mentioned Anchor and Mirror, right? So these are what I, from my point of view, additional, additional support, right? That is building mm. into the system. So, um, you know, talk to us about Mirror because when Mirror kicked in, the the UST just went crazy. Like, what, what, what's happening right. there? Yeah. So, um, well, to give to give a little bit more context into what Mirror Protocol is, is that um, it's it's basically like a platform where you can create tokens that track the price of anything, any fungible asset class. So for example, like you can create a token that tracks the price of Apple or a token that follows the price of an ounce of gold for some, for instance. And then uh, once you have uh, these tokens that follow the price of real world things, then you can allow these tokens to be used in a permissionless context. You can allow uh, people to buy into these asset classes without having to go through a traditional broker dealer. Mm -hmm. And then get price exposure if Tesla stock ends up doing really well. Mm. Or more interestingly, perhaps you can weave these assets as core primitives into various DeFi protocols. Mm. So, for example, like you can use them as like a base asset to, uh, you know, allow people to farm yield, for for instance. Or you can have them be composed into like a dynamic ETF that is controlled by a smart contract, uh, such that like you can do more colorful things with these synthetic assets than what you could ever do with the real versions of them. Yeah, so um, Mirror Protocol uh, launched in early December of last year. And then that was really fortuitous timing because um, that's when, you know, uh, shortly after that, the Wall Street bets movement really kicked in. So there were lots of people that were starting to look at decentralized alternatives to Robinhood mm. to be able to execute trades in a way that wasn't manipulated by centralized parties. So uh, Mirror Protocol ended up catching the attention of a lot of people, like for example, Mark Cuban, uh, you know, and uh, various other people that um, with ongoing discussions that I shouldn't probably talk about, but uh, basically that led the protocol's metrics to, to explode. So there's about 1.3 billion UST sitting in 
a total lock value for liquidity pools of these various mirrored assets. And then daily transaction volume is around 70 million with uh, you know, transactions coming in from uh, in smaller ticket sizes from thousands and thousands of wallets every day. I, I, I'm wondering something, right? So, you know, you, this, you, you are probably one of the, I don't know, probably only project that I know who, who is achieving this hybrid adoption between the real <coughs> world and the crypto world, right? And Mirror is sort of like an asset. And I, I think Anchor is, is too, right? Mirror is, an, is, a, is, a, is a, a product you use, whether you are a crypto native or you are a ordinary user. And, and one thing I'm, I'm curious about is, um, can ordinary Koreans, can they just simply use Mirror Protocol? It, I mean, how difficult is it to actually do a, a open a uh, stock brokerage account in Korea and, and for them to buy a, a Tesla or, or have a, uh, a e-mini or some like features, stuff like that? Oh, so that part isn't hard, but uh, consider this. So for example, in Korea and Japan, uh, capital gains tax on foreign equities is 26% per single stock. What that means is if you make money on Apple stock, you still have to pay 26% of your profits, even if you lose money on everything else. And every time that uh, domestic interest in US equities goes up, like the financial regulator declares that they're prepared to take all measures necessary to stabilize markets, such as raising taxes. Huh. So like the fees and the rules are purposely designed to be adversarial. It's meant to uh, keep capital in a very forceful kind of way in domestic markets, instead of giving people the freedom to invest in whatever they want, right? Right. Uh, but what's kind of interesting is that mirrored assets are technically cryptocurrencies. Mm. So, like, as you buy and sell them, it's not taxed. So that that's that's uh, pretty interesting. But I, as you sort of go down the list in the list of OECD countries, um, you know, accessibility gets poorer and poorer. Right. right? It's much harder. Yeah. To go through a traditional broker dealer in Malaysia, for instance, mm. to be able to buy. Yeah. Uh, totally, totally. Um, so, so I'm wondering, like, obviously, I think you know, for for crypto native uh, users, right? Um, you know, Mirror will probably easy to to get your head around and and you know start using it. Whether that's you know you you supplying liquidity or actually you know making trades on there, right? But for let's say somebody who may not be crypto native, I, I mean, again, like, I I wonder what is the adoption level of crypto in in Korea, or or, or does everybody know how to use a wallet? And, and, and it's really easy for, 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 for you to tell people, hey, we have a new product, it's crypto, but people just understand, okay, this is how I do it. Uh, so I would say actually like people's understanding of crypto is much lower. And the reason, so in, in Korea, crypto is very popular as a capital asset, right? A lot of people like to speculate using Bitcoin or Ethereum, but the vast majority of people that purchase crypto in exchanges never actually take them out. So the thing about DeFi is that most of the innovation happened in sort of English speaking jurisdictions, right? right? Yeah. So most of the documentation, the marketing, the tutorials are in English. Mm. So what this means is that it takes an additional layer of education for people to learn about these protocols as it gets translated into Korean. And by the time it does, like a lot of the opportunity has already disappeared. So like as with many new things in technology, you're starting to see you know, you know, people are still buying into cryptocurrencies in places like Korea, but I would say a lot of the alpha is being captured by people that have the ability to speak English. So there, there's sort of a dissonance, if you will, uh, among defined by language barriers in different markets. Got you, got you. And 
you know, I, I know, I know, you know, we're talking about uh, mirror protocol, you know, a, a, a from a from a, um, a, you know, crypto point of view. But is there any, I don't know, plans or 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 uh, ideas of maybe using, you know, literally integrating the functionalities into an everyday app? Yeah, so that that's a really good question. So um, we decided to, you know, uh, help um, like a partner build out. Uh, an app instead of, you know, trying to get this into Robinhood and different different applications, mm. and and that's because like I think the entire ethos of Mirror is allowing people to bypass those centralized intermediaries. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, and then using those same centralized intermediaries that messed up, is is not that great. So, whereas we take um, different approaches for things like in payments or savings uh, for Mirror, we decided that it needed to be built from scratch. So, for example, um, you know, uh, there's there's a great partner of ours that built out something called MirrorProtocol.com, uh, MirrorWallet.com. Okay. So uh, that's sort of a Robinhood-like experience uh, where you can use your mobile phone to, and then you can top up in lots of different cryptocurrencies, or you can also top up in fiat. So it has like a wow. MoonPay integration, whereby um, users can buy. Uh, you, you know, these mirrored stocks directly using your debit or credit card works in most jurisdictions. Uh, and then right now there's no fee to on-ramp, uh, you know, using your wallet. Oh, no, this and for people, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Go so ahead. which, yeah, which, which is why that's kind of interesting. So like the Gini coefficient in mirror is actually really, really good. So if you look at a lot of DeFi protocols, you have a couple of whales that own, uh, that, that own most of the farms and yeah. uh, own most of the pools. Sure. But like, like Mirror is really interesting because you're, you're seeing a lot of small ticket sizes come in to be able to buy stocks. And that's one of the things that excites me the most mm. in the sense that there are markets that are disenfranchised by traditional finance that are reaching out to Mirror to be able to gain access to exciting asset classes. So you see a lot of you know $20 tickets, $30, $50 purchases. Uh, and our top markets are markets in which we have zero affinity. So our top market right now is Thailand, right? <laughs> where, where, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's relatively not easy and much more adversarial to be able to invest in, you know, foreign equities. Yeah. And uh, you know, China is our second largest market. Really? Right? Indonesia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, Chinese yeah. people love you uh, because you allow them to invest in uh, U.S. stocks, which they cannot do, right? Uh, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that that part's really interesting. When we first launched it, we felt like uh, you know maybe Korea would be our top market, but like without us having to do anything, like daily uh, visitors to the website is is you know quite large, and coming from markets where we've done zero marketing or reach us to. Brilliant. So, so you know, obviously, I think Mirror, you know, unlocks a, a, a completely different use case and vertical for you guys, um, both from crypto or non-crypto um, uh, markets. And, you mm. know, and, and, and this ties back to UST, right? Like, if you were to buy things, you know, in, 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 buy, buy a, a stock, right? Or, a, or what, what do you even call that? Like a synthetic stock, right? From Mirror... Ooh. Uh, protocol what you're actually doing is you you are using the ust to buy it right which then accrues value to nuna right yeah um so w when we first started launching things like mirror uh like a lot of our friends asked us whether we're pivoting right but uh i i 
you know, like if you take a step back and look at it, like really we try to align all the incentives such that everybody's on the same page about what asset accrues value. And that's Luna. So for example, for Mirror, when we first launched it, we created a governance token called the MIR, mm -hmm. which is doing really well, like fully diluted value basis. It's almost, um, I think it's around $2 billion at this time. Uh, but like we kept none of that for ourselves and uh, we gave all of it away. But, and the reason for that is because we wanna make sure like what our North Star is and the sort of the main mandate of the firm is to grow the size of the Terra economy mm. and to make sure that a strong community forms around Luna, the asset in the process. I see, I see. And I, I think that's happening, that's happening. Um, I, 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 uh, for people who may be interested, right? Like, the, the, uh, let's talk about Anchor, right? Anchor was launched this week and the, 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 the enthusiasm in the community, um, even, even though that the, the launch was delayed by a, uh, by a uh, optimistic bot, right was was a uh, palpable was palpable so so let's let's talk about anchor right let, let, what, what does it do and what is unlock yeah so if you look at the centerpieces of modern finance it's um three things right so you need to be able to well so like if you look at a type of money it needs to be like well functioning as a medium of exchange it needs to function well as a store of value and then it needs to be a strong unit of account so with most stable coins, being a unit of account is already solved because you don't have your own denomination, but you, you sort of peg yourself mm -hmm. to different currencies that already have that sort of acceptance. Mm -hmm. So you, you really need to make sure that your currencies are easier or superior to spend and then more attractive to hold uh, as, uh, you know, as, as a savings medium. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the various different prongs of the tripod that we've created are designed to service those things. So Chai and Mirror makes uh, Terra stablecoins easier to spend and invest. Um, and Anchor completes the tripod because it is the best savings experience that you can get in DeFi and outside of DeFi at the moment. So when we first started working on Anchor protocol, uh, you know, like it was during a time when, you know, quantitative easing was just crazy, right? Mm. So. Like there were tons and tons of it with interest rates uh, at nearly 0%. There was just so much liquidity flowing out into the market. And that was sort of basically screwing over, uh, you know, the average uh, household savings. Yeah. And that's because like largely the people that don't have accessibility to invest into different asset classes and keep most of their money in savings, it just happens to be the vast majority of people. So as uh, QE just kicks off and then interest rates fall down to zero, you, you are literally diluting the value of household savings to the tune of two to 3% every year. So we started to look at what is a uncorrelated source of yield from the federal funds rate. Can you find in crypto? And uh, Anchor Protocol is our solution. So basically how Anchor Protocol works is that uh, when a user deposits stable coins into the Anchor Smart Contract, a portion of those deposits are used to facilitate the entry into staking positions across multiple POS blockchains like uh, Terra, Ethereum 2.0, uh, Polkadot, uh, Cosmos Atom, and then so on and so forth. Mm. And then the rewards that are accrued to these underlying staking positions gets conferred to the user in the form of a stable yield. Mm. So the reason why this is exciting is because uh, the if you believe that the world is going to turn into 
uh, is, is going to be proof of stake and I certainly do. Mm -hmm. and in that case, the strongest monetary policy in each of these chains is going to be the base staking reward. Right. Um, it, right. So it just, yeah. So if you're able to tap into uh, each of those yields and then create a diversified stream, uh, then in that case, you are able to create a savings account that is not correlated with uh, central banking monetary policy and is able to offer more attractive yields than what any of those things can offer. Yeah, so today Anchor Protocol offers a 20% yield on stablecoin deposits, and it's going to continue and stay that way for some time. We're seeing a lot of pick up from people that are wanting to integrate Anchor into their various services and apps and exchanges and wallets. So uh, it's, it's gonna be a fun little time where you see a lot of these uh, non-depository institutions that essentially function like them. So a lot of wallets like FinTech providers power yields for their consumers to the tune of double digits mm. using Anchor Protocol. Yeah. And I think this is going to, uh, in, in the midterm, decimate the banks. I, I absolutely agree, I absolutely agree. I, I, when I saw the 20% APY uh, that you mm. know, uh, depositors can get from Anchor, that, that blew my mind. Uh, th 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 that right. that is, I don't know anywhere in the world that you can get that um, in in, in, right. in fiat terms, right? Now, like how how do you how do you su uh, support and sustain that twenty percent? Sure. Um, so under the hood, Anchor Protocol is just like a money market, similar to Aave or Compound. So as sort of like a refresher for the listener, how Aave and Compound works is you are essentially borrowing uh, stablecoins against your other crypto holdings. So for example, you could lock up $200 worth of Ether as collateral and borrow, let's say $150 worth of USDC to be able to do things. Like you could build up leverage, you could use it to buy things. Uh, the dimensions are large. Mm -hmm. But the problem there is that the collateral that you lock up doesn't have cash flow. So which means that um, you have to pay explicit yield as you're borrowing assets. Right. And uh, furthermore, it's capital inefficient. Like these assets could be put to work in various different things. Um, Anchor protocol is in some sense like an evolution of that, whereby you're not borrowing against uh, tokens that have no cash flow, but you're borrowing against uh, uh -huh. stakeable tokens. Uh -huh. So uh, in some sense, like when you are borrowing money, in most cases, you don't have to pay explicit interest. You, you just have to lend out uh, your stake to the protocol and then the protocol puts it to work to incur income, right? So um, basically like the dynamic here is that the LTV of Anchor Protocol is somewhere around 50%. So which means that for every dollar of loan issued, there's $2 worth of collateral stake that is um, accruing staking rewards on your behalf. So uh, for example, if like the average staking reward of the blockchains is 12%, mm -hmm. then it means that it's able to generate up to 20, 24% yield per dollar in loans issued or, or deposits made. Absolutely. Uh, th this is, yeah. this is, yeah. this is awesome, man. This is awesome. Um, it, it's, and I, I think this speaks to the benefits of compostability in, in crypto, right? right. You, you can literally take a, you know, a, a, a liquid stake and then use mm -hmm. the yield on there to cover, to borrow, um, against, right? It's like, Imagine you, you, you have a house, but, which is but it's fully, you got people renting the house. You use that asset, you borrow against it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. This is, this is awesome. And, and, and you mentioned yeah. um, 
you know fintech right fintech companies um a lot mm. of people are looking to integrate uh, um anchor i'm not surprised now like well i i'm i'm curious about fintech right because fintech is slightly different from crypto um and and mm. so are you seeing the 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 pure attractiveness of that stable twenty percent yield to everyone, right? Literally, whether you're crypto or not, uh, you you don't really care. All you care about is if it, if it's stable twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so like ultimately, we think about this as like the first serious challenge to uh, decentralized challenge to the federal funds rate. Mm. So the idea is that it doesn't need to power a single app that's going to win. It just needs to become a source of yield that gets widely uh, integrated with challengers that are contributing to the downfall of the, of, of the depository institution. Gotcha. Right. So, uh, like the goal is to see the anchor yield uh, on, let's say, Chai, which we founded, uh, and then places like Venmo, uh, you know, exchanges like Binance and Coinbase. Uh, and once you once you get a, a critical mass of, of firms that are adopting this. Then, like the interesting dynamic is for all the people that are competing against this company, it becomes commercial suicide to not work with Anchor. So, for example, if Venmo integrated a twenty percent yield for their users, it's going to be commercial suicide for the Square Cash app to not do the same. Like they will literally die within two months. Mm -hmm. right, so, 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 so th obviously that that is the uh, that is the goal we are striving for. Um, in terms of the. The, the hurdles, right? Like, I mean, so first of all, I guess the question is, has or will the Chai app integrate this? So will the users already be able to have access to this 20% and you use that as a, you know, proof of concept and then you other people see this, they start coming? Yeah, so we'll, we'll add it to Chai and that's not very challenging. Right, right. Um, right. And then other, other but, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so for, for other companies, like one of the things that we're working on right now is right now we launched like web app of the protocol and very simple SDK. Mm. But uh, one of the things that we'll be working on over the next few few months is to build an S uh, Stripe-like SDK that, uh, you know, fintech firms can find it really easy to integrate with. So we sort of call this a Stripe for savings. So the reason why Stripe did so well was because of the developer ergonomics. Any mobile developer can integrate payments into their app in seven lines a quarter less. That's a very simple value proposition. So Anchor is gonna be similar, except its value proposition would be add savings to your app in, in seven lines a quarter less. So um, it's gonna be like a really simple to use SDK whereby people can put uh, users deposits into uh, the Anchor system and then earn yield on a periodic basis. So we're, for example, working with Prime Trust in the US uh, to be able to offer on-ramps and off-ramps uh, over ACH wire and debit in six different currencies. So uh, this is perfectly legal. It's fully covered by uh, Prime Trust Money Transmission License uh, and then, you know, also under the Trust Charter. And, and, and so, like, the, how this will tie back to Terra is that as more people start to deposit, because currently the, 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 everything is measuring UST, right? So as people deposit fiat right. into the system, there's more demand to buy the UST, which then creates value to Luna. Exactly. Okay, awesome. And, and, then, and then how does the ANC token ties into this, right? What does that do? Yeah, so... Um, this, this part is also interesting. So, like, what's kind of cool is... There's actually a lot of really interesting DeFi protocols, right? Like, for example, Uniswap is really interesting. Or like, Compound is really interesting. 
but um, the the assets that back them are actually not that interesting. Like uni doesn't actually do anything. Like the average uni holder doesn't let you vote on, well, doesn't doesn't give you meaningful enough sway in governance proposals. Yeah. And uh, if you look at most of the governance tokens, it, it functions the same way. Like really the average DeFi user is not interested in participating in governance. Like he's sure. looking to capture upside sure. and participate uh, as, as protocols disrupt banks. Um, so how Angro is different is that it captures value linear to um, the, the protocols AUM. So uh, basically what it does is that uh, for, it, it, it captures a portion of the protocols AUM. So um, as collateral starts to lock up in the system, a portion of the staking rewards that are being accrued to uh, you know, the anchors collateral pools is used to buy back ANC from uh, decentralized exchanges. And then, um, so as, as the protocols AUM grows, it adds like a perpetual buy pressure to the ANC token. And then those tokens are then given out to people that stake the ANC token to participate in governance. Got you. So there, there will be a um, value capture through the constant um, buy pressure on the on, on the token uh, in terms of the price. Exactly. Right? Okay. Interesting. Right. Interesting. And, and just to give us an idea, right? Um, I, I, because I, 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 I'm, I'm actually a user of the of the system. But I cannot see AUM, right? Is there any way for, of of you know? Can you give us a number of what what, what that looked like just simply after two days? Yeah, it's 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 actually been. I, I guess it's been two days uh, to this dot. So um, there's a dashboard that you can go to. So if you go to anchorprotocol.com, like on the top right section, there's a dashboard mm -hmm. that you can click through and see various metrics. We're, we're adding more data to that as we speak. So right now, um, I haven't checked in a few hours, but I, it, I, it's probably going to be about $60, $70 million in deposits and about uh, $50 million in loans. Okay. Wow. Okay. That, that's, that's actually yeah. quick. I think I think yeah. that's outpacing. Uh, I think that's outpacing the new the new new product launched by Aave. I think, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think they, they put out a tweet. Like, I think after after a few days, they have uh, 50 million. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but we're much larger now. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like like you guys, right? Like you leading the team. You guys are building all these different products, and mm. you know now you build this, right? Like, like, what other crazy, brilliant ideas or products do you want to build, or do you do you, do you want to see happening within the with the system for others to build? Oh, that that that's really interesting. Um, and um, there's so many different things that I would like to build. Uh, but um, you know, like finite bandwidth and and all that. But what's kind of interesting is now behind the scenes, there's you know like more than a dozen really interesting protocols that are building on top of the Terra ecosystem. So basically, in order to get this ecosystem going, is that we just need to show like a few proofs of concepts, right? And then the base primitives that other developers could build on. So, for example, like with the launch of Mirror, we inspired protocols like uh, Spar, right, which was a community-led initiative to create ETFs on uh, top of various different uh, mirrored assets, um, and then for you know professional fund managers to be able to compete based on you know on-chain trading strategies for these various different assets. So you can sort of think about it as like a decentralized on on-chain uh, you know asset management protocol. So um, that 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 was interesting. Uh, there's um, 
Also, uh, projects like Nebula, which seeks to create dynamic ETFs on top of mirrored assets. Zerdi, like a bunch of teams that are looking to do really interesting things with uh, the anchor rate. Mm -hmm. So they want to use that as, as either like a part of their vault building strategy, or they want to build a wallet uh, that that is sort of like a new bank using all of Terra's products, using anchor savings as, uh, you know, like a key weapon. So, it's, so like a company that can compete with Venmo, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, but with anchor uh, yield enabled on the front. Yeah, yeah, and and so so you know, I, I guess right now you have different pieces, right? That is supporting the system, right? You have the uh, real world merchant adoption. You have the uh, the mirror protocol that is literally allowing to trade anything that you can, I guess, put a price oracle to it. Um, and then you have the um, uh, anchor, which serves as a you know decentralized Federal Reserve sort of savings rate, right? And then, right. and and if if one of the system goes haywire, you have others supporting it, right? Which then is supporting uh, UST and then Nuna. Is, is that is that the idea, right? Yes, that's correct. Got you, got you. And personally, I would love to see any 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 guys building building uh, building out. Um, I guess uh, some sort of like uh, US Treasury synthetics on there, right? Because I want to short it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know, I don't know how that it. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see a 30-year US Treasury uh, on, on Mirror. I'll be the first one to, to go and use that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so well, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so, so, you know, I guess to, let's wrap this up by, you know, talking about what are the some of the milestones that we can look forward to in the next six months or three to six months for the protocol? Sure. So I think it's going to be an intersection of two different things. So number one, uh, right now, Anchor and Mirror uh, just shows the very basic use cases of how an actually working savings protocol and a synthetics protocol can do. So they do very simple things that give you yield uh, directly from the protocol, and then it allows you to buy price exposure. What you're going to see over the next six months or so is these protocols get weaved in more deeply to uh, other products, wallets that you use on a day-to-day -day basis, and other DeFi protocols. So what that means is like the applications of how you can sort of derive uh, different use cases from uh, you know the anchor rate or mirrored assets, it's just going to increase and it's going to sort of test your imagination in terms of what's possible with these different types of emerging asset classes. Um, the second thing is, like so far, a lot of the exciting development on Terra has been led by the core team. So we've we've had uh, you know various different uh, product teams and uh, BD organizations uh, create uh, protocols of Mirror and Anchor on top of Terra. But uh, over the next six months, there's going to be an explosion of new exciting developments that are coming out uh, from third parties. Some of which uh, we probably don't even know about. So you can expect things to be. Uh, shall we say, the use cases get more interesting mm. and for them to get more diversified through various different entities. Absolutely. I, I think this is really, really interesting. Uh, I, I want to highlight the fact. Um, I think, so, you know, Terra is a stable coin, um, but it is also a layer one. Um, mm. um, and a lot of the layer ones right now, I think, are either trying to, um, you know, attract crypto developers, right, that build on top of it. Um, but the difference I, I see with Terra is that you build product um, first of all for product market fit, and then and then once once you know that is 
proven with time, um, and then you know more people naturally would just come and build. And and uh, for me that that's 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 a really di big difference. Um, and I love the fact that you know specifically real world merchants are using this. Um, I mean, how how big is market? It, how big is the market there, right? And and can and can you can you expand more or or um, you know what what does that look like uh, in terms of like uh, the real world merchant? Yeah, yeah. Um, so sorry, could you repeat the question? You you spaced out for a bit. Oh yeah, sure. So I was just asking, like, I know how big is the market there, right? So I mean, uh, how how much of the of the of the pie does does Terra already have in that market, right? Or, or there's room to expand, um, you know, because you know, if 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 the merchant pie gets bigger, because crypto is really it's much easier to scale than mm. real world business, right? But if the real world right. business also scales as well, mm. right? You have mm. a monster, you have a beast, you you, you build a uh, you build a killer killer app, right? Yeah. So I I think what most people don't quite realize is that uh, what DeFi enables is leverage on leverage on leverage on leverage. So like the market cap of DeFi is actually a lot smaller than what you realize. So if you take away like the bubble by poking a needle in, it's actually, there's there's a lot less going on than what, what people realize. But I think where things get really interesting is you can do seriously a lot more things with DeFi protocols than you could ever do using, uh, you know, traditional rails. And I know this, I've, I've built FinTech companies before and I understand their limitations, but, uh, you know, if you are able to add uh, a, a, like a way for people to earn more, to spend more easily, and to, um, you know, invest more wisely using DeFi, and then expose it to the everyday user through traditional fintech applications, like how far DeFi can go, like the possibilities are endless. And really, like if you do this well, like in the beginning, like you can create uh, things that's going to topple the next Robinhood, uh, and you know PayPal, but like the application of what what what's what's possible beyond that is that you can bring on the downfall of the depository institution, and then you can see the rise of decentralized protocols. Let's uh, let's definitely get you back on in six months time and 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 see how how the pro um, the development pans out. I, I'm super looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, and and to be fair. Like when I say downfall of the depository institution, it's going to take more than six months, but like you'll be able to see a lot more potential in six months than what you, what you see today. Absolutely. Let's check in back in, uh, in a bit of time, uh, maybe six months later to see the progress. Um, and um, I, I, I am, uh, I'm super looking forward to anybody who's going to build the uh, 10 year US treasury on, on mirror. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to the Terra website, uh, there's a section that describes uh, Terraform Capital. So there's uh, some contact information there. So Terraform Capital is basically a grants and investments arm uh, where we are we we make investments in early companies, provide developer resources, and then uh, you know even if we don't invest, like pay for the audits of young protocols that use Terra stablecoins in some way. Or like I'm pretty accessible on Telegram and Twitter. Uh, it's fairly easy to find me, uh, and then. Yeah, we'd love to chat about building exciting things. Absolutely. So guys, go find Doll and then go get your product built. So thank you so much again for your time. And uh, I look forward to welcome, welcoming you back. <laughs>